my definition of success is embracing like the hustling grind for whatever it is your goal is. Hey guys, welcome to the Dr. Mudgill podcast. I couldn't be more excited to have two of my favorite patients from my New York City <laughs> office here. Um, I have Lindley Woods and Steve Himmelstein, who actually live in the neighborhood where my practice is in Greenwich Village and have been my patients for, I mean, you guys were first wave, so it must have been, uh, you know, eight years. Eight, eight years. And I opened yeah. my practice, it'll be 10 years in March. So you're in that first group of patients. And, you know, through those years, I've gotten to know each of you as individuals, uh, because, you know, you come by yourself to come see me. Um, but I've gotten a glimpse into what I view as an amazing relationship, friendship, collaborators. You know, you guys have something very, very special. And um, <clears throat> if you listen to this podcast, you know that I'm trying to bring great stories out there, you know, people who I admire, and I really do admire what you guys have. And I think all of us could really benefit so much, especially those of us in relationships and marriages, to see how two highly evolved people, I mean, you're both psychologists, and um, I just view you each individual as like super evolved and you know, you're, you're very aware and how you put that together into this like amazing synergistic relationship. Um, that sounds so good. Yeah, yeah well, that, I mean, that's, that's, what I, that, that's what I see, so. Um, I guess, you know, not knowing too much about you guys, you know, your, your backgrounds, where you grew up, where did you guys grow up? How did you meet? You know, did you know each other from elementary school? I mean, you seem to have known each other forever. How long have you been married for? Just, you know, I'll let you guys take, take the mic here and, and fill us in. Okay. We've been married for 41 years. Wow. <laughs> um, and let's see. Where did you grow up? Where, I grew up in Brooklyn. Uh, I was a Brooklyn Dodger fan. Ah, oh, wow. <laughs> That's how far I go. Yeah. Are you still a Dodgers fan? Did you follow no, up that way? No. no. I became a Mets fan after that. Where, where Brooklyn? What part of Brooklyn did you grow up in? Um, East New York. Okay. I actually grew up in Star City, which is like very close oh, to yeah. East New York. Yeah. Right. Um, and so what else? Um, did you guys grow up in the same neighborhood? Oh, no, no, no. no. I'm from a suburb of Philadelphia. Oh, are you? Which one? Um, Rydell, Abington. Is that, my brother lives in the main line. I don't know if that's, is that? Well, I know where the main line is, and we go shopping there sometimes, but no, I'm I'm in a northern suburb. All right, so you you got this tough Brooklyn kid, you know, grew up in East New York. You (laughs) You grew up in the suburbs of Philly. Yeah. When did you guys connect? We met in a mental hospital. Is it really? Yes. yes. We, that's really. We were working in the mental hospital. In New York? Uh, uh, yeah. Hillsdale Hospital, Long Island Jewish Hillside. 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 Okay. Island. So that's in Queens? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I was an intern. She was an extern. We were in a seminar together. Okay. So you guys had both finished your, you both have I, I advanced was, degrees. Yeah, we were getting our PhDs. Yeah. Okay. He was ahead of me because he gotcha. was doing his internship. I was doing my externship, um, so we happened to be in a seminar, and a mutual friend of ours, who was more my friend, uh-huh. um, thought we would make a good right. pair. How old were you? Uh, t- Twenty. I was twenty-six, and you were twenty-eight. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you're like a someone's a friend set you guys up. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, he, he brought her over to my office and we talked for a little bit and I just thought I really want to marry this woman. Like, just like that? <laughs> well, that's not the exact thought. It was something more like, I want to be with her for the rest of my life. Just from that one conversation? <laughs> just from that one conversation? Yes. And how did, did you have the same magical feeling? Not at that no, moment. She didn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was kind of living with another man okay. at the time. Um, but he was in Princeton teaching um, at the university. And so we were just together on weekends. Okay. But we had open relationships and back in, in the those 70s, days. So yes. It wasn't unusual. In theory, <laughs> free swinging times. Yes. In theory, uh, it was okay to date others. Um, I wouldn't want my boyfriend to, but, right. you know, if he did, I would kill him. But it was okay for me to <laughs> date other people. Sounds fair. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> so um, That's what you thought at the beginning of our relationship, too. Yeah. Yes. I wasn't in an open relationship. <laughs> so you guys met during your training. Um, uh -huh. So, you know, you met Lynn, and, you know, you had this sort of magical feeling about Lynn. Lynn was, you know, she met you, thought you were a nice guy, I guess. You know, still yeah. dating somebody else. Yeah, looked good. What? Yeah. I liked him, but I... So what happened? So else. did you ask her out? So, um, yeah, I, I asked her out... Um, I, I think the first time I uh, had a seminar with her, after the seminar, uh, we walked to the bus together. Um, were you guys living in Queens at the time? No. I was. Okay. Oh, you were. Right. I was. Um, and you were in Manhattan on yeah. Jones Street or something. Um, Leroy. Leroy Street, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, and so um, I did our ask, ask her out. Um, and, uh, so what was that like? You know, hey, do you want to go to like a movie? Do you want to get some coffee? Do you want to go um, grab a drink? I think we went out to dinner. We went to a, a restaurant in Chinatown. Was right. That the first That's right. One? Yeah. That was yeah. the first date. Yes. Right. And what I really loved is that I ordered this. What was it? Soft shell crabs. And you have to really pick it up and eat it like. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. And I loved that. Not only could I do that with him, and you know, like my first date, like, yeah, yeah. but he appreciated it. Oh, I enjoy watching her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. It was um, so sweet. So, you know, and then uh, I went home with her, went to her apartment, and we um, uh, kind of made out at the door. This is the X-rated part. Yeah, okay. And that's so okay. Edited no, out. That's okay. This, we, so, we, well, have a, no, it's not we have a very mature audience. <laughs> Lynn said, um, uh, I should tell you, I don't sleep with men on the first date. Um, and I said, what are you doing tomorrow night? <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and it wasn't the next night, but the next week. Wow. Um, I couldn't and, resist. Yeah. So is that is that like the rest is history type of yes. thing? So you guys had your second date, yeah, and she moved in well, with me in no, November. Complicated, because yeah. I was, yeah, was with another right. guy, another guy who I loved, but I really felt something deeper with Steve. You know, for the first time, I felt like this man tunes into me in a deeper way. Like I was, he was really knowing me. And when you feel that with someone, it's very different. Yeah. And I hadn't felt that with any other man. So. Steve, were you? A, did you have any long-term relationships before that? 
I had a minor marriage okay. before that, just four years. I was very oh, wow. So you got married very young again. At 24. Okay. Uh, to 20, wait, 24 to 28. Okay. Uh, I married a British uh, actress. Um, and, um, and it was very good. She was very beautiful and very fun and uh, but we were totally mismatched. Yeah. Uh, and eventually um, I went to my doctoral program in uh, San Diego uh -huh. and she was an actress so she was going to stay in New York. Yeah, right. And at the end of that time um, she got an apartment for us and lost it by getting into an argument with the landlord. And I was going to come home and I said, do we really want to do this? Because already it just felt like it, was over. it wasn't yeah. much uh, of a marriage. Um, I mean, it was just fun, but her friends were all different than I was. Gotcha. It was also uh, supposed to be an open marriage. Uh, it, was, it was open for her. I, gotcha. Well, not for me, <laughs> but uh, but that was fine. But we we just kind of grew apart in that right. year, and uh, when I got back, we we just separated. So do you, do you think that experience kind of informed your next relationship? Which I imagine this was the next big relationship that you had. How? Like like <laughs> yeah. I mean, there must have been something about you that you're you know like you kind of honed in on what was really important to you in a person. Or, yeah, I. Because I, I mean, how could you when you met Lynn? You just you know you said it was like wow, I really just want to be with this person. Yeah. You know, something must have said there was something about Lynn that was different, or you know that that, that was special that it's, that enabled you to say that. You know, relative to the prior relationship that you were in, where you're like you know what, this is we're kind of going apart and it's over. Um, mainly she was very hot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's what I say about my wife, too. But we also, didn't want it to go yeah. in that direction, <laughs> did we? Oh, okay. <laughs> no. But, but also... Um, I think it's deeper. She, I guess it is. <laughs> uh, there was... Um, we kind of had the same values. Mm -hmm. We... Um, Similar uh, sensibilities. I think. Yeah. And she was in psychology. Right. Um, uh, that was big. Um, was it? That was a big. That was a big. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Although uh, she was in some silly cognitive behavioral kind of therapy place. place uh, it, yeah. So I quickly got her into psychoanalysis, and that's what both of you guys do professionally, right? Yes. Psychoanalytic. Psychodynamic. Yeah. Right. So it's ther therapy. like therapy, one-on-one -on -one therapy, couple yeah. stuff as well, or yeah. Yeah. she does couples. Okay. Yeah, it's funny. You know when I. I mean, it's kind of similar. I guess guys are kind of wired in a certain way. But when I met my wife, like literally the first time I saw her, I was like, wow, that is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And then that pulled me in. Yeah. Obviously, you know, we've been married for 13 years and three kids. You know, you kind of grow into the marriage as time goes on. But yeah, yeah I mean, that, that attraction is, you know. Yeah, that comes first. Yeah. Yeah. But I wouldn't have stayed for 41 years. Right, of course. That's right. All it was. Yeah. Well, maybe I would. <laughs> so, so do you, do you guys think just because of what you do, you know, obviously, you know, you're when well, you're psychoanalysts, like you're analyzing people, but you must also be constantly analyzing yourselves and each other. Yeah. Um, in a certain way. Yeah. 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 yeah but how like 
I mean, I, I, that could go like one of two ways, I feel like. You know, it could be like really beneficial to a marriage, which in your case, obviously, you've been married for 41 years and have this great successful marriage. It has been beneficial. But it can also, I think, derail a marriage just as easily because, like, you know, you're, you guys are so aware. You know, psychologists to me are just very aware and in tune, you know, because that's what you do. You have to be in tune with the people you're helping. Mm-hmm. Um, how is, can you describe how that's kind of affected or benefited your marriage or has it? I think yeah, it benefited our marriage. I, I um, think we're able to communicate. We bring up things readily if we're bothered by something with the other, we're able to say it in a way that isn't attacking usually, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the other is able to listen without being defensive right. usually. And I think that's so key, is like keeping tabs on what's happening. We don't let things build up and right. fester. It's like- There's a hard thing to do, you know, it's, it's a challenge. It can be, yes. It's not always easy. And sometimes you're not aware of it until something happens and you say, you know, I've been feeling this, and I realize how alone I've been feeling or how I I don't like it when you're on your phone so much and I really feel, you know, kind of neglected. And, you know, things like that, but we can bring it out in the open, and I think we're usually really pretty responsive. Yeah, I mean, it's somewhat hard at the beginning in any, any relationship to get there, but um, then it's really easy because, I mean, it's about honesty and directness, and right. if you're always there, um, it's going to work. Right. Um, it doesn't feel hard. I, actually, uh, we were uh, starting to write a book. Oh, really? About 30 years ago. Probably a long time and ago. And it was a, a relationship book, and it was uh, on um, honesty and directness. And the title of the book was to be The Shortest Distance Between Two People, which is honesty and directness. Right. It's the first time we ever worked on something together, and, um, and that was great. And um, we, uh, we did it with uh, a friend of ours, uh, is uh, a writer um, who uh, wrote best-selling books with other doctors. Uh, one is Susan Love. She wrote sure, a yeah. breast book with yeah. her and a hormone book. Uh, so we figured, out how could this fail? <laughs> She's going to write this with us. Um, but we came up with the first two chapters and about an 85-page proposal, sent it to our agent, sent it to 20 different publishers. We got 20 glowing letters about our book, and each one of them said, this isn't our kind of book, or something like Mm -hmm. that. Well, you have to be really well-known in the field to publish a relationship book. You'd have to go on tour. You'd have to, you know, be Mm -hmm. famous to begin with. And also, our agent said, um, uh, she thought the reason they didn't want the book is that they didn't think a book that about relationships that says honesty is the best policy is really going to sell to anybody. Yeah, that sounds like bad advice. So, so what happened? You guys abandoned it? So we, yeah. we did. We, we thought maybe we would do something with it, or but it was actually just a good experience. We spent yeah. about a year, and and we learned about each other's therapy a lot then too. Mm-hmm. 
about your individual practices? Right. Yeah. So I you mean, don't practice together. You each have your own yeah, individual we're, we're private in the practices. Same suite, but um, yeah, we no, each have we our own office practice individually. Suite. Different patients, no yeah, overlap at all. Yeah, and our approaches are different. Uh, Lynn is much more classically psychoanalytic. Um, I started out very Freudian, and that changed a lot over the years. And um, well, I mean, for someone who's not in like psychology, what does that mean exactly? Like, what is Freudian? Is you mean like the, the mother I, issues and that type of stuff? Or she can tell you about psychoanalysis. It'll take her about four days. I can tell you what I do in about a sentence. <laughs> All right, so let's hear the one sentence. How long? No. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll do mine. And then you do. Essentially, uh, the therapy I do is about helping people to just be themselves. So an awareness, like, you know. Yeah. Not to try to be who your parents think you should be, not to be who your friends expect you to be, not to be your own unrealistic expectations of what a person should be, um, but to just be yourself. And a lot of that is about working to be in the here and now. I mean, I, I tell my clients uh, very often that if you live in the future all the time, you're gonna be anxious. And if you live in the past, all the time, you're going to be depressed. Um, but if you're really in the here and now, not just in the present, but in the here and now, um, you're going to be at peace. You know, you can't be at peace. Zen philosophy, you know. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's it. Mm -hmm. But essentially, if you saw Lynn do a session, or if you saw me do a session, you'd say, well, they're doing the same thing. You know, we're helping people to understand themselves better, uh, to figure out what they want on this planet, and then to see how they can get it. And right. I try to get to the primal parts of people, because I think we all have, you know, our anxiety, whatever beliefs, thoughts we have, they often start very early in our relationships in our family. And I feel like helping people get to the kind of raw primal places in themselves and seeing kind of where their current feelings are coming from. Um, it often helps people be able to accept and manage those feelings. But that's also about getting to oneself right. and being who you are. Yeah, but that's, you know, the, my, anyone who I know has undergone a bunch of therapy. Um, I think that's really like the big part of it, right? It's just, you know, like we all have these... <clears throat> I mean, everyone has issues, right? I mean, it sounds so like yeah. banal to say, but it's true. And I find some of my friends who've actually done a lot of therapy, they just like how I view you guys, are just it's 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 sort of an evolved way to perceive the world. You know, like you kind of see things more globally. You kind you kind of see like, okay, well that this person did this or behaved this way because of some other issue or something. You know, it's um. It's fascinating to me, you know, and I just, I think that's what I see from both of you guys, like mm -hmm. I mentioned, you know, I just, just even when our one-on-one -on -one interactions, when we're in the room together, mm -hmm. it's, uh, you guys are both, you know, you, you kind of get it, you know, and I think mm -hmm. what you, you're sort of built for the type of work that you do because, mm -hmm. and you know, it's sort of, you probably evolved into that as well, just doing the type of work that you do. 
and helping so many people. Um, so, you know, I, 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 looking at your guys' marriage, I just can't imagine that like what you do doesn't lend itself to the sustainability and like, you know, how great your marriage is. That being said, I mean, if when you're married for 41 years, there have to have been times where it wasn't so easy. Were there? No, I don't think so. I, you know, we've had our bumpy moments. Right, you know. she yells at me all the time. Oh, right? she, she that, yells. that's one of the bumpy moments. <laughs> but, well, is it financial she stuff? Or? She, yeah, she's very impatient. And so she yells. She doesn't yell at anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> what he but calls yelling. Let me give you an example. Okay. Steve, please, would you please do that? Would you please put the garbage out? Okay. Please. It's okay. been there for quite a while. Although but I think we're very patient the, and accepting the that garbage he's not going to do it right or the recycling <laughs> will be only half full. And I say, okay, I'll do it sometime, but why do, why do I have to do it now? We'll see. This sounds, this sounds more like a typical marriage yes, to me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I think this that, is that sounds like what goes on in my house. Yeah. There's one person who wants things clean, yeah. tidy, orderly. The That's other, oh, do it when I do it. Those are the kind of little frictions. Right. Yeah. But I've become much more accepting. But that's like living with anybody, even having a roommate or you know a buddy or something. You know, like I have to share an office with these guys, and you know, I'm very OCD about cleanliness. I feel like you know, put a coaster down or do this or that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's like you know, just dealing with people. You know, yes. but have there been times? We never have big fights. You know, we I don't think we've ever had uh, you know an argument where one of us thought, oh, maybe we have to get a divorce. I, we, yeah. I think early in our relationship. Oh, you I, did. I, I, well, <laughs> <laughs> okay. He, he seemed to want more space in a certain way, and I didn't understand that. I mm. felt rejected when he kind of. We lived in a very small, tiny New, apartment. New York City. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But really small, and he, you know, there were just times where he wanted, you know, just to think or be by himself. And, uh, and I took it personally as a rejection. Mm. So I did get angry, upset, feel unloved. Those were the early days. Um, but I soon, when I, I think when I felt secure and that he really does love me, it took a while to really believe mm -hmm. that completely. The year? Would you say years or? No, I would say the about a year. Okay. Um, mm. That then I finally, you know, let go of that. I right. understood space, you know, which I understand very well now. And um, we actually don't need much space from each other because we've, yeah. we've just gotten easy with each other. Yeah, I, I think what helps our relationship also is we both have a lot of good friends that we go out with, you know, individually, at the, you know, for lunch or whatever. Right. Um, or, or talk on the phone with or something like that. And um, a lot of marriages, even ones that are fairly good, don't have that. So you mean and independent outlets? Yeah. yeah. So like, like we your go buddies, out right. and, and interact with the world and other people, and then we come back and it's like we're new people. Right. We'll bring something back into the relationship. Right. And that's so important. I think that's like incredibly valuable, you know? Yes. Otherwise, it's just the same old stuff, you know? Yeah, like you're saying, yeah. you're basically infusing your relationship with stimulation you got from outside the relationship. Yeah. yeah. Right, which is, I think, so I important. I think that balance between separateness and togetherness is something every couple's 
struggles sure. with. And I think finding that balance um, is really important. Yeah. And I think we both need a certain amount of independence, but we also love being together. Right. So it just works. Yeah. Well, you guys seem to have your routine down pretty, pretty good. Um, so I, I guess, you know, just to kind of like bring things, you know, full, full circle. I know Steve had some uh, issues with, with your kidneys. Uh, must have been a couple of years ago or at this point? Uh, six uh, years ago. Yeah, well, six. Is that long ago? Well, yeah. That, that I had the transplant, yes. Wow. The transplant was five years ago in December. That's five years December, ago already? 2013. Yeah, I, I had kidney disease for like 20 years. What was, was what was the underlying pathology? What was the, what was the condition? Oh, I, I, it was because of my high blood pressure. Okay. Um, and yeah, I never had diabetes or anything. Uh -huh. um, so, um, but I, I essentially just ignored it. Okay. So you weren't taking blood pressure medication or ACE inhibitors or any of that it, stuff? Uh, and... Blood pressure medication, yeah. yeah. But I wasn't dealing with um, whether I would have to have a transplant or go on dialysis. Okay. And did you I ever did... go on dialysis? Did you ever have to go no, on dialysis? No. no. I never had any symptoms. You know, really? Was... He never got sick. He's uh, strong. And we... Um, uh, we actually went to France uh, before the transplant, and I was in kidney failure at the time. And you didn't know? I knew. Knew. Oh, oh, you I knew. knew. We okay. already knew we were going to have the transplant. This doctor said, go, no problem. Yeah, just check on the hospitals nearby and stuff like that. Were you feeling fine, though? I was feeling, feeling great. We were hiking. Wow. Everything. So I, I know... Um, Lynn was, was your organ donor. Yes. Um, is that just like a serendipitous, like you just were a match? Like, you know. Well, it's amazing. It's easier these days. It, it is easier. If you have the same blood type. Yep. I, um, yeah, we happen to have the same blood type. Right. What blood type a, is that? Um, a plus. Okay. Oh, positive. Wow. The, the positive negative doesn't matter. Just uh, the same blood type. Okay. But we yeah. do happen to have the same plus, which I think is a plus. Because yeah. they match you on a number of factors, and we matched on two factors. Okay. Um, I forget what they're called, but they're these cell factors. Mm -hmm. and, um, but the interesting thing was Steve was in denial about ever needing anything. He thought, I'm going to go on forever with my kidney as is. My mother had um, uh, kidney disease, and she didn't deal with it. Uh, and she died in 93, so I figured, okay. No problem. But one day he went to his nephrologist and he came home with a sheet of paper that he showed me and it said, if you go into kidney failure or if you have these symptoms, go right away to a hospital, blah, 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 all this like kind of alarming stuff. And then it said, um, at this point, you might need a transplant or dialysis. And then I'm reading this and saying, what? You never told me you had a significant problem with your kidney, so it was... It seems, still seems pretty matter-of-fact about the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, now. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. So I said, I have got to go with you to your doctor. I have to know what's going on. And the person said, no, 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 write down your questions. I'll ask him. I said, no, I really want to be there. So finally he said, yes. And I met with his doctor and him. And Wow. wow. So that was like 
let's do a transplant. It's so did you know that you were going to be the donor? Or did they? I had, I had offered, as mm -hmm. frightened as I was, I, of course, I, you know, I thought I would rather lose a kidney than lose Steve. It right. was that simple. So I went through all this, these tests, and uh, the day before we were to leave for France, we were waiting for the results. And they called and said, you're a match. Wow. And whoa, what, are the, what are the chances? Did they tell you what the percent chance is of like you know of you being a match? Is that one in ten people are a match? Or uh, what, probably you know? less than that now. I mean, that's unbelievable. It used to be very hard, but now they they can give one of us medication and stuff, and, right. and, and then it's okay. Also, but. you could do a kidney chain where you can. I could have donated a kidney to somebody else. Gotcha. That. I and see. Okay. Else. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Actually. Yeah. yeah. At the same time. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. And this was done in the city. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Cornell. At Cornell. Like, Rogerson Rogerson Institute. Institute. Okay. They were great. They really were great. So was that trip to France like you know you guys got the good news right before you went? Yes, it was a relief. Yeah, and then you went. Yeah. You came back in that next week. You guys. Not the next week. No. Until December. Okay. December. They said yeah. we could plan it when we wanted. Oh really? There's no emergency. Rush. And you were feeling fine the whole time? Yeah, uh, never had any symptoms. Through December, you've been waiting for the transplant. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Wow. And what was that like? You guys both went to the hospital we together. Together, yeah. Sitting, waiting in We'd our hospital like gowns together. Wow. <laughs> was it scary? You know, at, no. At no. first, it was scary thinking about giving up a kidney for me. And right. Is my life going to be shortened? Is something going to be different, you know? But they were so good at Rogerson in talking about this and what it's going to be like, and really convinced me it would not shorten my life at all, and I would have no symptoms. They were so supportive, um, always giving me an out, saying, "If you don't want to go through with this, we will make up an excuse to tell Steve, and you can get out of it." They're very good about. Not wanting anyone to feel coerced. Right. And so I kind of got over this moment of panic and fear about, oh, is my life going to be short? And then I, and I told Steve I was scared. And just telling him that kind of released it. Mm -hmm. And after that, it was exciting to me. Mm -hmm. I was like, the night before, I felt so good. I felt like we're going to do this. And we were given this feeling that. It's going to be successful. Right. They have such good results yeah. that it really made me feel very confident. And so it was amazing. It was very romantic. You know, we yeah. were recovering together. Yeah. Were you guys in the same room? No. No. no uh, yeah. He How? had to be in a separate kind of right. area because he had to be protected. On immunosuppressive medications and stuff. Any, um, yeah, from right. infection. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so he was doing laps around the hospital wing. <laughs> he was up and out of his bed yeah, quick. really quickly wow. and doing laps Some constitution, around. Steve. Yeah, I, so amazing. Yeah, yeah was I, like, I was amazing. back to work in three weeks. Wow. But those three weeks recovering were, were really yeah, for you, nice. Um, I, you know, they made such a tiny laparoscopic incision. You can't even see it anymore through the belly button kind of thing, where they kind of scoop out the kidney in a way where you have no remnants of wow. 
uh, it's amazing. surgery. It's amazing. So the, the only thing was the gas from the procedure was painful. Right. You know, you're full of yeah, gas. Yeah, yeah, distended, yeah. And tired for a couple of days. But after that, it was really kind of nice when the gas went away. It was. Did you go home first? Uh, I did. Yes. Okay. And Steve, you were in the hospital for a couple of weeks? No, no, no three days. No, three or four days. Oh, that's it, huh? Um, and uh, the, uh, the way the surgeon um, does the operation, um, uh, there was no pain. I woke up feeling fine. I thought I could probably just leave. Wow. Uh, because what he does is he doesn't cut through any muscle. He just puts his hand around stuff and, and works that way. So if you don't cut any muscle, there's right. not going to be pain. And That's so amazing. She had some pain at the beginning. Yes. Right. That's but unbelievable. It was painless other than the gains. Right. So you're, you, after the surgery, you recover. You, you don't need to do anything else. It's not like you're on any medications or anything. You just kind of go back to normal. Um, Steve, you have to be on a, well, you're, you're some immunosuppressives. Right. Um, and that's going to be for the rest of your life. Right. Right. Um, do you feel, you're still feeling fine? Does, I'm fine. Feels yeah. better than I do. Yeah. Do you feel different though? Do you feel better now? I feel better. Yeah. Uh, actually, you know, it kind of makes all your organs better. Right. And so now all my blood tests, everything is perfect really these days. Wow. Since then. Are you still, do you still have blood pressure issues? I, uh, it, it's controlled. Right. And it's always, right. you know. The 120s over 80, but um, I, I take right. two medications. Gotcha. Wow. I mean, I think uh, you're right. I mean, that it really is really romantic. <laughs> it actually well, it is a very is. romantic story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I think it kind of just sort of sums up what's so great about you guys. You know, like you really are a team. You know, and it just seems for like 41 years you've been this like all-star team, <laughs> and you know, really models for marriage. You know, I really, I really have a lot of respect for. The way you guys are able to sustain such a loving marriage, and you know, I, I talk about you guys to my wife a lot, and you know, like you're your role models, you know, to me, and you know, I hope through this, you know, other folks can be touched by a how effortless your marriage seems, but there's work that goes like like you guys described. I mean, you guys definitely are very in tune with each other and aware of each other's needs, which is what. I think a successful marriage or any relationship is really built on and you know you have to you, you have to put that work in to maintain the love in your life and you know you guys you guys have really been amazing at that and I'm so glad that you schlepped all the way out here to Long Island to, to share your story with me I, I always have listening. clients who say I know that uh, you really have to work on marriages and, and I say you do but it's not hard work right and it's the kind of work you'll enjoy. Yeah. If you really love the other person and like who they are, and have you know shared um, sensibility, like you know there aren't these big differences that really drive you apart. It, you know, love and trust and communication. That's really what a lot of it's about. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's you know it's, I, I, it's like that with thinking with anything that you love, right? So you guys love each other and you put that work in, but it doesn't feel like work, you know? It's, you know, it's, it's same, like, it's, it, this is sort of like a parallel, you know, unrelated thing, but you know, all the work that we're doing with our podcast and all that sort of stuff, it's tons of work, you know? 
but we love doing it so much that it doesn't feel like work, you know? Yeah. It's, that's, that's, that's what we feel about right. therapy. That's yeah. what we feel about our work. We'll never retire. People right. always right. ask us to retire. Unless, you know, uh, my clients uh, figure out that I have Alzheimer's at some point. <laughs> Hopefully well, you will know you yeah. do before yeah. that. Yeah, that's the same way I feel about my practice too. You know, why retire? Like, I love going to work. I still love going to work yeah. every day and seeing my patients and I get to meet great people like you guys. And um, it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And, yeah. we, we always say it's just such a privilege to be in, in our field and uh, to have those relationships, have, yeah, yeah, to have those people share the most intimate parts of their lives, right. and, um, uh, and really work with us, yeah. Um, and we do have real relationships with them. Yeah, of course. True. Yeah, sometimes it almost feels selfish, right? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, you're yes. getting you're getting so much pleasure and joy yeah. out of it, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that means you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you know. And I just, I really want to thank you guys again for, for coming out here and sharing your story. And, you know, and this, is, this, this is going to be a really lovely podcast. I think a lot of people are going to enjoy hearing. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Mudgill Podcast. You can find the corresponding video to this podcast on my YouTube channel and on Instagram TV, where you can find me at dr underscore mudgill. Let's get it.